Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cyclecast. My name is Aloudin Hightower, also known as Dean, for everybody that doesn't want to pronounce Aloudin. Um, we are live here in San Diego, not San Antonio, Texas, excuse my language. We were in San Antonio yesterday, but we're actually about an hour and a half up north of San Antonio, would you say? Yeah, north of San Antonio in Austin, Texas, which is a great growing city. And we're here with one of the fastest guys. I mean, I said this with I say this with everybody, but I mean, this guy is as fast as lightning. I'm here with Colin Strickland. What's going on, man? Hey, everybody. <laughs> I don't know how to introduce you. Like how, like with everything that you've done, what's, what kind of intro would you want? You know what I mean? Like what would be your super sick rap intro or cycling intro? Let's see in a couple of words. Mm-hmm. Uh, bicycle racer and more and more definitely a lot more we uh we just pulled up to his uh sweet house here in austin and he was cranking on a motorcycle in his backyard you have a bunch of motorcycles yes i do yeah uh, that was my obsession before bicycle racing was actually building ducatis and other european motorcycles and buying salvage and wrecked bikes and fixing them up making them go fast so how do you get into something like that? Are you just out here? You're born and raised from Austin, Texas, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So you're just, I could imagine just, how old are you, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 29. You're 29. Yes. So I'm around the same age. So I can imagine growing up with friends and you're just like, what are we going to do? You know? And then you just start kind of cranking and tinkering away. And yeah, well, first we're bicycles. Bicycles came first, uh, but just as a, mo a means of getting around. And uh, then I, when I was in college, I bought my first motorcycle, which was a, a Ducati Sport Classic. Wow. Which I, I bought wrecked and uh, rehabilitated it. And uh, yeah, just from there, I was hooked. I've had about, I think I've had about nine different European motorcycles. Just really? fixing them up, selling one, buying the next. Mm -hmm. uh, just projects. I love projects. That's cool. That's cool. That's really good to hear. How... How did you get into cycling in the beginning? You know, um, you have done such, I'm still, I'm still new to the sport and I, I really enjoy that aspect because I, I geek out a lot, you know, when I meet new people, when I hear of new people, I find out what they do and it's just, just so amazing to just see what people have accomplished. And the first time I heard of you was when, um, I went to Brooklyn for the Red Hook event this year. And uh, I ran into you at the you and Aldo at the uh, chocolate event the night before, you know, and I just had a little quick conversation with you guys and then I went on my way. But um, it what you guys did in that race and I wasn't able to go to the next three after that, but just seeing with my own eyes, like how fast you were just just the biggest gap in the world. I mean, that when you took the last corner and everybody counted one two three four just to just show everybody else how big the rest of the game i mean it was just incredible you know what i mean and just seeing what what you did for the rest of the series and you took the whole entire red hook series congratulations thank you yeah yeah man you worked hard <clears throat> excuse me like what is it what does it take to do something like that what what I just want, I guess I want to know everything about you. I want to know your story. You know what I mean? Like, how do you do something like that? You know what I mean? You make it look easy. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, honestly, like an easy jog. Honestly, that's how it looks. 
But does it? Does it look easy? It does, bro. You make it like you're. I I can imagine you're probably in there hurting. But as who said that the other recent Daniel Holloway said yesterday, if uh, Michael Jordan said you're doing a good job if you make it look easy. Yeah, he was saying that all the greats make it look super easy. Yeah. Boom. Well, all right. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm glad I make it and, look easy. And so that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like you, I mean, you're killing it, you know? You're killing it. Well, uh, it's not easy. Okay, but, I understand. Uh, yeah, if you're, if, so if, you, if, the, if the question is, what does it take? Uh, well, first, you really have to have that. You have to love competing, which I certainly do. I just, just kind of like, I can like push myself to kind of new new heights i guess or push myself even deeper when when there's some kind of when there's some kind of game or there's a competition i just kind of thrive in it and um it's it's as much about you know you want to you want to place well and you want to you know be the be edge out the competition but it's also it, it's really fun to kind of explore the depths of like how much you how far you can push yourself and that's what it comes down to mm-hmm especially the style of racing that I do. Um, it's kind of like, it's more a game of you and yourself and how, how much can you suffer? And right. What can you, right. What can you pull out of yourself versus, you know, how do you beat your competition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all, in every race I've won on a fixed gear this year, it's eventually just come down to me just putting my head down and riding alone for a while. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's one of the things it takes is definitely, you have to be able to, you have to be able to suffer and you have to enjoy um, kind of that that kind of peaceful torment. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I get it. I get it. Just kind of the the pain. You know what I mean? You know that that, that peaceful torment is, is a winning success at the end almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could be. Hopefully. Yeah, it, hopefully. It, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's you can describe it as pain, but it's, you know, your body is not, your body is just screaming at you to stop, but it's not about, you're not about to die and you're not right. like, you're not about to shut down physically. So it's really just, you learn to kind of, you know, have this dialogue between yourself and your, what, you know, yourself and your body and what your, your mind and your body and kind of find a, find a happy median between, you know, shutting down and, you know, shutting down and keeping and, and just pushing on. It's uh, it's, it's one of the things you that I've uh, that I enjoy about bicycle racing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what would you say your training regimen is like? You have a very particular style of racing, and you literally obliterate your competition. What? How do you train? On, uh, on it a- varies uh, depending on what kind of events I have. You know, in the next coming up on the calendar uh early in these early in the season uh this season i I was still focusing in the last three seasons on road racing and stage racing i raced for a a team based out of austin and uh dallas called elbows racing right right we saw them yesterday founded by ben spees who's a multi-time world superbike uh motorcycle champion and also raced moto gp for a couple of years no kidding yeah he just has a passion passion for cycling and uh as with many uh, professional motorcycle racers, he cross-trained with cycling a lot. And after after uh, he retired, he or actually while he was still racing uh, for Yamaha, he founded uh, Elbows, which is his nickname. So okay, uh, yeah. So I've been racing with him for this is my third year um, on the road, mm-hmm. and so we've been focusing on criteriums and 
American elite pro stage racing, right, Redlands right. and uh, tour of Gila in New Mexico. So uh, in off season and um, early spring, we're, I'm just trying to do long miles. So okay. work that into my schedule, into my work schedule, just doing, you know, 80 to 120 mile days. Wow. Uh, but I really haven't been I've, since this, uh, since a, I had a, a, a pretty bad concussion in Redlands in the, the criterium. Oh, okay. In okay. the second to last stage there where I was, you know, I woke up in the hospital and uh, then I, I also, I'd never had a concussion before, but then I experienced my second one at um, the North Star Grand Prix okay. in Minnesota, okay, which is another stage race. And, uh, and meanwhile, I was having success in Red Hooks, um, and in general criteriums, which, um, I don't know. So my focus has kind of shifted as the year has evolved, uh, mm -hmm. pretty much away from the, the road racing fitness, which is really that you have to be training these long, long days right. to get yourself physically prepared to race, not only, uh, 100 to 120 mile races but you have to be able to do it multiple days in a row so right right it's right. a really unique kind of fitness uh and it's it's really fascinating to see how it translates between the disciplines of say a fixed gear criterium that's really uh, they're only 45 minutes to an hour long like red hooks um versus these 120 mile stage races where you mm. burn 5,000 6,000 calories um these kind of endure like long endurance events. Right. Uh, but uh, anyway, so then uh, this year my training shifted to really just focusing on these uh, hour long, uh, much higher intensity, but, but much shorter efforts. So I've honestly, I find it more fun. I do a lot of group rides just because like I was saying, I like, I like, I like pushing myself and you know, I like, pushing myself with other people too mm -hmm. and making the ride just go fast and smooth and mm -hmm. um uh, and then maybe you know we've, we'll throw in a little race simulation at the end of the ride or something right but, right uh, so recently my training is uh mostly just group rides in between one to two hour uh usually about uh, one and a half to two hour efforts mm -hmm. uh, just pretty warm up and then just go hard for, for an hour and a half that's essentially good. or two, up to th uh, three hours typically two that's to three good. hours do you have any like interval regimens or anything like that that are any you know you don't have to give your secret i know everybody kind of has their own little secret uh. style of what they do but you know w there are a lot of kids and there are a lot of people that listen to this and they they don't really have access to guys like you do you see what i'm saying like they see you race they see you tear it up in the red hook sure and they're like man like i mean anything this guy could tell me to just you know if i could that'll just help me pedal that much harder that much faster you know just any advice or or something you might do that you think might be universal for everybody you know what i mean yeah well um i haven't really been uh working with a with a coach per se for a while. Um, oh, okay. And I, I, I honestly, I, it doesn't work for everybody. Everybody's different mm -hmm. and everybody has mm -hmm. different physiology, but what works for me is I kind of just savor the, the kind of, the kind of organic process of vice of cycling and training. So I honestly have not done a timed interval in two years. Oh, wow. I don't look at a clock and press go and then, but one thing I, I, I ride really hard when I train, when I feel good. And if I'm not feeling good, I'll either ride really easy or I'll ride dirt 
trails mm-hmm. um okay or not ride at all honestly if i'm not feeling uh healthy so but when i am feeling healthy i go out and uh i kind of just ride for the terrain so i depending on what i'm feel like i need to work on whether it's kind of like a, a sprint efforts uh typically what i do is i go out to rollers and i'll just go flat out for a few minutes and then go uh you know heading towards a hill and then Mm -hmm. literally just sprint up the hill and sprint over the hill after a really hard effort Uh uh uh-huh that's uh kind of i would say if there's one thing that that uh, i feel like really benefits my uh training it's it's just sitting at that endurance pace and then also going over the endurance pace uh for a short period of time and then with us you know sprinting over a physical uh kind of feature of the landscape that's kind of what i use as my training so that's Mm -hmm. what i mean by more organic Mm -hmm. process is um i don't know because that's how i feel racing works you're not racing you know i mean typically you're not racing a clock for a given maybe in qualifying (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you're really racing the terrain right 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 you're racing your 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 opponents but it's always on to this terrain so if you can i i find um i enjoy and it, it helps me go deeper if I'm looking at a hill and I'm like, I am sprinting over that hill flat mm-hmm. out, no matter what, even if I have nothing left and I'm going, you know, 10 miles an hour by the top, I'm still going to, you know, push over it as hard as I can. But, right. So right, right. yeah, there's, there it is. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the secret, everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kind of curious to hear more about, um, these group rides because I, you know, I really want yeah, something yeah. that we really want to do is, you know, kind of show people that despite the geographic locations and how, you know, far away everything is, there's still some similarities, I'm sure. Can you kind of paint for us um, what the local um, group ride scene is like? Like, describe the scenery. What What are some of, maybe, you know, give out some shout outs. Like, what are some of the group rides that you go on? Or Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There, Yeah, it's, it's kind of a universe, uh, universal aspect of cycling is there's always groups of guys meeting up or guys and girls i i I love mixed groups just because it makes it more interesting right Um, but uh there's always groups of cyclists meeting up and riding their bikes together so and recently it and it always kind of changes which ride you're kind of doing on a regular basis for me at least uh you know maybe over the course of a year or two but uh recently i've been uh, pretty much every Saturday I've been heading down to uh, the Melojani's bike shop and there's this ride called the 100k that heads a, a set route out southeast Austin usually has okay. about 50 to 60 people who start the ride and uh, uh, just rides out southeast uh, out of Melojani's bike shop and goes it's a you know, 60 miles mm-hmm. total loop and um, that's one of the rides that I do really regularly because mm-hmm. I find it's a good distance for, especially for training for things like red hook uh, right. that are okay. shorter, intense races. Um, uh, that's definitely one of the, one of the, the rides I try to make pretty much every Saturday. It's, it's, or it's at 8am. So it gets me up and done by 12. Okay. Uh, get on with the rest of my life. And uh, that's funny. And, um, also let's see regular regular rides also it, there's one we have the uh, that's kind of changed over the years from one location to another but it's called the tuesday nighter so we just go out and do a hour and a half uh-huh. f- pretty much flat out effort out to kind of west austin with just wide open kind of this big wide open rolling um uh 
wouldn't call it a highway. It's just a wide open four road. lane road. Yeah. yeah with okay. a nice big shoulder. So, you know, you can go as go super fast and in a large group and stay safe. And they, you guys don't have, um, I like, I'm guessing in a place like this, you know, riding in LA, depending on where you ride it, it's stop, go, stop, go red light, green light, red light, green light. You know what I mean? So here I'm guessing you can just hit some roads where you can just literally just as hard as you want for as long as you want. Pretty much, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With a few stoplights, um, and of course, the further you get out of town, it's, it's, I've ridden in LA and it's, it's amazing how the, it's a different, I mean, you guys have the climbs there. Yeah. So that's what you do have, um, that, I, that we just don't have. We don't mm -hmm. have anything over a minute or two, two minute climb. We just don't oh, have really? three, maybe, okay. Maybe wow. three minutes, but that's max. But Those even that's pretty steep. crazy too. Those yeah. are super steep, uh, yeah, but that's all we have. So mm -hmm. we don't get, you know, Griffith Park. I was, right, riding, right, I was right. riding out there in January. And that was a 15-minute just, you could just go down and up and yep. down and up. Uh, yep. But we do have, I mean, you here training is, is uh, you just don't stop pedaling. Yeah. You know, because the problem with going up a hill, too, not only of being stuck in the avenues in L.A. of, like, stop, go, is you have to come down. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you, you can't pedal coming down. Exactly. So no matter what, I mean, you can pedal, but... <laughs> it's just a different style. So, I mean, I find you guys kind of breed a few more, like more climbers out there. Okay. Okay. And here it's just like, you just ride in the wind and the, and the rollers and the flats. So yeah. you, yeah, that's what I excel at. I mean, I like climbing, um, but yeah, that's just the style of the landscape again. So that's right. kind of what kind of breed, you know, what it breeds is a certain style of racing hmm. Hmm. where it, it, it's kind of a game of, it's not so much riding away from somebody on a climb, but it's riding away from somebody at a high speed mm -hmm. on the, in the wind, which is kind of what a lot of times what Red Hook has turned into. What, were Red Hook the first uh, fixed gear crits that you were introduced to? Uh, yeah, they were. Um, it was actually one of the first races I did. I did, I did technically three of them. Um, I think it was 2012. Oh, okay. 2011 and 12 mm -hmm. uh i i went out and i did uh the brook uh the brooklyn race and then uh, in 11 and then in 2012 i did brooklyn navy yard and uh the cruise terminal cool and cool. I, I actually i've double flatted in or i flatted in the in the navy yard oh race wow. but mm -hmm. uh I, yeah so i actually did those right when i was getting into racing in general and then i took I guess three years off mm -hmm. and just focused on road racing okay. and then kind of went back to them a year ago in Milan. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like if the fixed gear crit sport got bigger, it would be something that you would put a lot more time into than road? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do see that. And I honestly, that's what I see happening. Oh, um, wow, okay. I just see it being a more exciting spectator friendly event uh, i mean criteriums in general are are really you know they've been taking off for a while and bringing crowds out but um just something about fixed gear criteriums specifically have really taken uh, taken root in in the u.s and especially overseas now that i've okay. been traveling to these um the red hook events in right in milan and in london and barcelona it's just incredible how much enthusiasm there is and how many people come out right Right, right. So, right. yeah, I, I, do, I honestly do see myself uh, focusing more on criteriums in general and uh, 
yeah and fixed gear terrariums I, f- I found something i'm good at so mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. why not why not uh you know push uh try to excel at what you you kind of find your niche in so mm-hmm. that's what i'm thinking and that and just road racing often just you you end up especially in stage racing i don't know it's, it's often just kind of an awkward tense waiting game unless you're in the breakaway if you're stuck in the field you're just kind of neutralized you're just pedaling your bike for three hours in a group trying not to crash and in honesty you like road racing (laughs) there are a lot of crashes yeah there are a lot of really foolish crashes as well yeah i mean at least in red hook if somebody crashes it's usually because they're railing through a turn yeah in in these road races when i had when i had you know, my two concussions this year, which mm-hmm. are honestly, which are very expensive to have. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> end up in a hospital. Um, it's just foolish, foolish shit where you're just like riding down a straight road and mm-hmm. some people aren't paying attention, grab the brakes. And then all of a sudden there's a, the road's just covered in yeah. riders and it's just, I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I I'm think, pretty fed up with it. Yeah. Honestly. No, I can imagine this brings up a very interesting point. I think you're probably the best person to ask, you know, people say like, oh my gosh, you guys are riding these fixed gear bikes and they're brakeless. That's so dangerous. You know what I mean? And then there's oh, another side that says, actually, this is a lot safer than riding a bike with brakes because you have things like you just said. You know what I mean? So what do you like, I guess, how do you have that conversation with somebody? How do you explain to them, you know, that... Bike handling. You know, like, what did you say? Bike handling. A bike would you say that fixed gear um, cyclists, I guess, have to have a better handle on handling their bicycle because of the fact that they're, you know, brakeless, or and and therefore maybe the successfully? Roadies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what what is your thought of that? Because that's really interesting. We actually in L.A. just as a point of reference, um, for those of you that listen to the podcast with alfie he was actually he's a race organizer for usa cycling Mm -hmm. and he was saying i'm so shocked at um the level um, of expertise that these guys have with bike handling like it's it's even better than some of the road racers that he had seen Mm -hmm. so just curious to to hear your thoughts on that but yeah that's a huge part of of fixed gear criteriums is you're 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 fighting the or not fighting but you're negotiating the bike Mm -hmm. and as much as you're as you're kind of uh you you pay as much attention to the bike and the course as to your you know your opponents mm-hmm. uh because um it is it is really challenging to be you know be going as fast as you can but not too fast you know mm-hmm. that's the that's the line you're always trying to uh to neg- to to kind of tread you're just walking this fine line between too fast or, or fast like as fast as you can and not too fast so Mm -hmm. uh it and it takes your your full complete attention whereas in road and along road rates if you're just on a wide open road you can't pay attention for four hours that's true especially if if there's no turns and there's no you're eating Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's i mean there's a lot of it's a a lot of things that go into it but i think tunnel does tunnel vision happen often when in things like that where you just kind of get lost almost daydreaming and then boom yeah you you know space the fuck yeah yeah (laughs) uh anyway it but yeah it does require <laughs> like if you're gonna excel at it i mean there's a lot of people who aren't very good at it yeah um but yeah if you're gonna excel at it you really do have to be able to turn your bike and uh be able to like know that line between where you're gonna slide out and 
where you're going to be able to, you know, maintain your traction through a turn. Right. Uh, and just the fact that, yeah, it's, it's, it's all turn, you know, it's all turns. It's all technical. Uh, the courses are kind of designed to be, there's actually the safety through the, through the, I w I was actually kind of terrified when I looked at the Brooklyn course this year oh, and really? I saw how many hair he added two new hairpins to okay. it. It used to just be one. Okay. Okay. But he added two more. Uh, and I thought it would just be insane, but it's actually a safer race cause you're going slower and everybody's, you know, negotiating the same turn. And yeah. Nobody can just, you can't just rail through it. So it actually creates kind of a more single file strung out field and which is where safety in bike racing is typically from the field being strung out versus okay. being bunched, bunched up yeah. which in stage in road racing. Often that's when wrecks happen is when it's bunched up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's not enough room for everybody. It's when it's the race is hard. When the race is hard, it's typically safer mm -hmm. when it's the race is easy and anybody can move up. That's when, people make bad decisions yeah people start uh, doing wild shit yeah but another another aspect about uh red hook or fixed gear criteriums is like there's has to be a mutual respect for like the your fellow racers which is why you know it's a lot simpler when you just ride the front of these races which luckily i'm able to do these <laughs> days but um there's a mutual you know self-preservation mm -hmm. respect uh especially at red hooks where we're seeing each other every every uh every race but you really do have to consciously you have to really respect your line and other people's lines because you can't just grab brakes and scrub off that two feet of space when somebody crosses across you know otherwise would cross and take off take out your front wheel you can't just tap your brakes and pull, pull your front wheel back yeah. two feet and i've you know i've, I've watched it happen and uh, there were there were a few riders and specifically this milan race who are actually quite strong okay and we're up in the mix but they just were not they didn't have this respect and this appreciation that we're all kind of in it together and you, yeah. can, you can easily crash out other people if that's what yeah. you're if you don't if you don't pay if you don't fucking pay attention yeah you can easily just take wheels out yep. if that's what you want to do mm -hmm. you know you can you can race that way but you know do you think they're just being dicks or do you think like they just don't know you know like uh, when you see like a combination of both a combination of both <laughs> i don't know i think it's mostly they just don't understand the discipline um uh, just inexperienced in this specific discipline you know they have the they have the strength but just not the i mean i whenever i'm in a in a fixed gear race whenever i move across a line i always look behind me because i don't want to crash anybody out like right why would you want to crash somebody out so right yeah you just have to be completely aware of of everybody's lines and, and i mean whenever you move laterally you have to kind of check behind you if, mm -hmm. you if you care about taking someone's front wheel out and i understand i guess some people don't care i guess maybe <laughs> i don't know you would hope somebody cared but you know? it, that's but, part of the game but mm -hmm. you know so that's part of being uh you know another part of the the you know you talk about how being a, a skilled bike handler and that's part of it you have to be aware a lot of it's just physics mm -hmm. like you have to know you have to understand how how groups of people riding bikes work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in that sense, do you think that fixed gear riding would um, benefit from having different categories like road cycling does? Or do you think it defeats the purpose of what it is? What What, are, what is your opinion on that? Um, I think fixed gear uh, criteriums are actually pretty effective at like, you know, the qualifying aspect is pretty effective at we are uh, at not not weeding out but kind of just uh setting up a uh kind of a 
a natural order and position based on mm-hmm. your qualifying time. You're either, you know, if you're at the, typically if you're at the front, you're an experienced fast rider and, uh, the, this, the kind of flat out single file, um, nature of the fix of fix your criterion format is that it you know the guys in the back they don't really have a chance to move up unless they're a really skilled rider and they just fucked up their right. qualifier which has right. like the guy who won milan and qualified 82nd really yeah stefan schaefer oh. uh, uh oh yeah germany right yeah he did i heard about that okay okay yeah, yeah. The, the the second red hook i did i missed my i qualified third and i missed my clip in oh wow and I, there's actually a video on Vimeo of my GoPro, and I went to about 75th wheel, and then oh. I worked my way back up to the front, and you know, attacked with, uh, um, with off the front, and mm. you know, so it's possible if you're, you know, if you're a good rider, you have right. to work for it at that point. Yeah, but I, that's the nature. Um, th- that's so the category issue. If it keeps growing, and there's, you know, there's. Uh, well, the the qualifying I think actually does take care of it for now. I, I think, don't know. I think the we'll qualifiers does a good job. I mean, definitely weeding out. That's really what it is. You know, the times and everything, and and the people that just can't keep up. You know, like the early stages of some of these races. I remember just seeing like a lot of inexperienced riders riding with a lot of professional riders, and sometimes a lot of the inexperienced riders made it really dangerous you know what i mean mm-hmm. for the for a lot of the other riders so having these qualifiers going down is 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 really important for the races definitely um i speaking of i mean i guess the red hooks the barcelona milan london brooklyn i'm just i'm so excited for next year you know what i mean i'm excited for next year i don't know what to expect? I don't know what to see. I guess I, I can imagine nobody saw you coming this year. You know what I mean? Probably some people might have had an idea or maybe like, mm, I don't know. But the idea that you kept it for this long and you had such a big lead every time was just shocking. And I mean, I mean, we're obviously in different circles. You ride with, you know, uh, you're here in Austin. I'm in L.A. And so I always hear the type of I'm the strategies people have, you know what I mean? People are like, okay, well, this is what we got to do, you know, or this and that, the other, or, or, you know, we just gotta, we just gotta bridge up and catch up to him and stay on his wheel. You know what I mean? You know, like you just hear some of the craziest shit people have their little weird plans and it just, you just stomp it all out, bro. You know what I mean? Crush just, their egos. You just. You I don't just, think you understand. You have you're made sitting, You're sitting in your couch cry. really modestly <laughs> listening. You know what I mean? But like the idea, it's so funny to hear like how, like what people do to plan, you know, and then seeing results and people just have some they sort of. They still fall short. Yeah. They, people just <laughs> fall short, you know, and it happens in racing. I eat my vegetables, bro. You eat your vegetables? Okay. <laughs> he eats his vegetables and he, he rides hard. But I'm curious, like, next year, like, do you feel like you could keep this up? You know what I mean? Do you feel like there's going to be more competition? Are more people going to come from stage racing and road crits into fixed gear? Because I think a lot of people have eyes on this sport. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so, for sure. It's just, it, I mean, if, if I wasn't doing it, I would, I would want to do it it looks like way more fun and it is more fun so Mm -hmm. yeah everybody who's interested should come try it Mm -hmm. why why do you think it's more fun like what um you you mentioned earlier that it's like a very spectator friendly sport but i mean at the end of the day there are you know road crits but 
what do you what do you think about it is well, it like the urban aspect what, what do you think it is it's it's everything but the the cities we're going to i mean dave trimble has been a he's he thinks about every aspect of these races and he plans out mm-hmm. he plans he he plans an event to be, to be successful it starts with where he throws the event so he picks cities based on you know cities that have a healthy cycling scene and that will draw a crowd and that will be photogenic right i right. mean we had the brooklyn race right in front of the statue of liberty that was we have yeah. barcelona is like on the mediterranean ocean yeah yeah it's unreal um uh that and i mean the the international aspect of it i mean i had no idea i'd be getting like getting to travel to europe you yeah know, to do a bicycle race like an hour long bicycle race. An hour long, no yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, of course it's more fun than going to some place not to be mentioned in the, the U.S. to do a race that yeah. nobody shows up to. You know, yeah. it's just they're just really well promoted. These races are just really well promoted, and people are interested in them. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. Like I don't not to not to rag on bicycle on road racing and stage racing in the u.s but it's just nobody's like the general public they just don't care they yeah. just don't pay attention i uh, i don't know why it's i mean I, it's just not that the it's a tough format to engage the general public with mm-hmm. so do you think nascar is more effective <laughs> nascar i mean yeah well i remember we got the chance to interview dave trimble and he said that he wanted this to be the indie racing of cycling you know what i mean and I thought that was the coolest thing, you know, and he's doing that. He's pulling it off. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask. It was good, too. I hate when that happens. No, but I mean, David Trimble actually, um, his background is in like racing. Yeah. yeah. And, and car racing. Go kart racing. And you can and you can definitely see that like in the way that he designs his, mm-hmm. his um, courses, courses and, and everything. I mean, it's really well thought out. You're absolutely right. Why don't we talk about uh, a little bit how like you got started? How did you first... Get on a bike. Yeah, let's just back well, to basics. Who influenced you? Like what? Well, I was, I was, I was born on our on a on our organic farm out thirty miles west of Austin. I dig it um, already. I like that. And uh, well, me and my I have I have three two older sisters and one older brother. I'm the mm-hmm. youngest of four, and we always had bikes. We'd ride around, you know, the the country roads out there, um, but. Let's see. I really, you want to know why I really started getting into bikes? Is because it because of a girl? It was it was not because of a girl. Okay. Uh, it was <laughs> okay. it was because, you know, I you know, my we were uh we were a, you know, middle class family. Um okay. but you know, when kids get their when we were all my I watched all my siblings get their first car. Mhm. And it's just a, always a pile of shit. Like yeah. a complete yeah. pile of yeah. shit. And I had this I mean, I, I essentially reached a conclusion. I'd rather build myself a nice fucking bike yeah. and just, or hitch a ride, a carpool with a friend, than yeah. pull up in, in a, a pile shitty of car. shit yeah. car. And I was yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe it's like a vanity thing, but I just fucking hate no, shitty cars. Like, I like I'm it. fine with it now. I have an old, like my truck's a 1986 truck I bought for 1400 bucks. That's yeah. the only car I've ever owned. But it's not a shitty car. Yeah, it's yeah, a cool yeah. Car. Exactly. <laughs> but I just like rather than drive a shitty car, I just started riding a bike, honestly. And then I fell in love with just the feeling of going fast and the feeling of put, like propelling yourself through space. Right. And, right. Uh, in a three dimensional plane. Yeah. <laughs> and 
pushing like to see how fast you can go and watching your, myself get faster. So that was really, I moved into Austin when I was five and grew up, you know, kind of right in like the central core. Okay. And I had friends lived, you know, five or six miles away and I would just ride, you know, when I was in middle school, ride over to their house, get in trouble. Nice. <laughs> like Shenanigans. Just, just, yeah. And it's also freedom, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the, so then when I came, you know, to, you know, when I was in high school, and moved into college and I just I, I where'd you go I, to college I went to the University of Texas okay. I actually did my freshman year in a at Lewis and Clark College in Portland Oregon oh wow okay and then transferred after one year uh, I transferred to UT Austin and, okay because uh, I could live at my dad's house and <laughs> for free and not incur all those the loans for housing and stuff yeah um but uh yeah so I would just I, I just started falling in love with cycling mm-hmm. because because and just out of just commuting right out of the the simplicity of it and the fact that you're not you know if you're like carrying around you know some beers or some you know floral arrangements you're uh-huh. I was watching my friends get in trouble well, right they're always getting in trouble in cars that's a good point so yeah every, every kid who gets in trouble it's like 80 percent of the time it's in a car yeah you're right you're right so i just i saw that and i saw the other expenses that come with car cars are expensive gas gas maintenance, maintenance. you think you're at a you're constantly at a liability to get in a wreck yeah yeah which just fucks your shit up and like it's like yeah i just i saw it as more of a liability than mm-hmm. a than a you know than a than an asset so So it was just more practical for you it wasn't you know you just kind of realize like this is a very this is a a realistic mode of transportation yeah that's essentially what i concluded and i kind of got watched myself get fit yeah and then it was really realistic because i could get i can i could ride really fast right 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 and in austin back then when i you know in the 2000s when i was in college commuting you know six miles each way okay I would there was no bike lanes and I would I would just ride flat fuck. Yeah. Just cuz I felt safer going yeah. the speed of cars on these you know like there's this road I commuted on Lamar Boulevard it's okay. like people just go like it's like 40 mile an hour and people go 30 to 45. So yeah. I would just try to turn it up. Yeah. Just keep up with cars cuz uh-huh. there's that much there's actually less risk of getting hit if you're pretty much keeping pace because there's only a couple like only a few cars actually overtake you versus you just puddling along on on the on the side of the road and Mm -hmm. cars just whizzing by you and there's all those people who could potentially tag you from behind so i would just go flat fuck Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like every morning show up to class just like drenched in sweat (laughs) but you feel great though (laughs) yeah eventually eventually you're like Uh, i feel fresh right yeah (laughs) long long day in class uh what was what was your first bike can you describe it to us my first bike well let's see yeah that my first like well, when I was a kid, I I, um, I found a BMX bike, a Schwinn BMX bike in you the neighborhood. It? No, no, my, no. Oh, my I'm just dad's girlfriend. <laughs> my dad. Usually, when somebody says they found a BMX bike, somebody, what had happened was <laughs> I don't know. It ended up at my dad's girlfriend's house, and she gave it to me. Uh, so I rode that one around through middle school, and then uh, right before I went to college, there was literally. A bike sitting in the, my neighborhood. It was a blue Peugeot road really? bike. Okay, all right. With those kind of like orange, yellow, and red stripes on it. Like right, it's a really right, common right. Yeah, Peugeot. yeah. I I see it right and now it, in my it, head. Yeah, uh-huh. it, had, it had campy record uh, 
components on it. That's and it cool. had a free sign on it. What? Believe it or not. And Are it you was serious? size fifty eight or forty fifty seven, I think. Uh huh. And uh that's yeah, perfect so for that you. was like my first bike. And, wow. Uh, of course I uh gave away the Campanola components and turned wow. it into a big a big skier. Nice with uh, orange wheels and so rolled that, that around for a while and cool. then just got really into building fixed gears. I had yeah. a, a Bianchi piece to concept. Oh, cool, cool. A few different steel fixies and just, I just loved rebuilding bike, building bikes. And, and that so kind of this was even before you were racing. You just kind of yeah. like picked this up, yeah. you know? And then that kind of transitioned into motorcycles. And then I didn't do my first race until like the year I was graduating from college. And it was an alley cat. Oh, wow. That Dave Trimble happened to be at. It was a 30-mile loop around Austin, and I won by like five minutes. Oh, wow. On a fixed gear. Five minutes. Well, it was, I mean, it was, it was an alley cat, so. Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's right. Um, But there were some, you know. That's still a pretty big gap, though. You know what I mean? Alley cats are kind of like, you never really know as soon as you get there, like, what's going on. You get there, you're like, what place am I? Is there anybody else here? You know? And so. So I was going flat. You can imagine going flat out the whole way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I took, like, the feeder to the highway. I I had a really pretty stealthy route. (laughs) Cool, 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 cool. uh, yeah, it it That's random. What was David Trimble doing out here? He was here because the the race was, um, it was kind of in honor of the the hand-built bicycle show that was in uh, the oh, North okay. American hand-built by uh, NABS. Oh, okay, okay. North American hand-built bicycle show. It was in Austin that year. Oh, wow. And I see, I he see. he told me, he, he's like, hey, dude, you should go race this race I put on called Red Hook. Uh-huh. And that was the same year I was starting uh, road racing, 2011. Okay. okay. The same year I just like, so that was actually my first race. And then I started road racing and uh, Red Hook kind of the same year. Really? Wow. That's crazy because, I mean, usually you hear a couple of different stories. You hear... Um, oh, yeah. Now it's 25. And you're 25. Yeah. So this was six years ago? Yeah. I'm sorry. My six, math is stupid. Yeah. Five, five or six years ago. Yeah. And so usually this is what you hear. Like we spoke to Daniel Holloway yesterday and he's pretty much been racing since the beginning. You know what I mean? Like his whole entire life, he's been athletically involved in something and then he kind of transitioned into well, he was a speed sport. skater he was a speed skater which i had no idea did yeah. you know that he was into speed skating no i didn't yeah that's pretty <laughs> gnarly like ice skating like just yeah. jamming you know and so um he liked that and then he got into bikes but uh usually you just kind of hear the story of people like having just always have been involved in some sort of sport but you like honestly just started a few years ago like well, yeah he started I mean, in middle school he started riding in middle school. I started riding in middle school. I was captain of our varsity basketball team and oh, shit really? in high school. Well, you're a tall dude. Yeah. I mean, I was mm-hmm. in, I played sports for yeah. sure. And okay. I always loved competing in sports. Right, right. But so I, you I had, had that a, level of competition yeah, inside of you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of just kind of like hooded out for a while in in high school and yeah. college. Yeah. But, uh, um, were you a thug in high school? No. What kind of things no. did you do in high school? What do high school Not kids do here in Austin? Like, no, what no. Is... We just just ride you just ride your bike around and party essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always curious in a place Go, like swimming, this. man. Everything in Austin revolves around swimming. Swimming? Yeah. You just you know. Is there a lake or there's you a guys... lot of there's a lot of options, but it's like it's so hot. It's so fucking hot all mm-hmm. summer. That's kind of like the entertain that's like the thing that's like always sounds like a good idea it always sounds fun like uh-huh. whether it's the creek we have some amazing uh 
like green like green it's called the green belt it's like a half mile wide belt along this natural creek cool and if that's flowing or just people's pools or mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of options but have you ever done triathlons or anything like that no i've never done triathlons um i'm kind of built for it mm-hmm. i'm six two by six seven so i have a really long wow. wingspan so uh-huh. i'm kind of built for swimming unfortunately unfortunately (laughs) so i don't know if all else fails and i lose my uh my drive to you know experience physics and Mm -hmm. turning and have fun then (laughs) i'm like so funny it's just a performance art no no Mm -hmm. it's a hard it's a hard fucking thing to do with Uh yourself but it's triathlons are a performance art you know you 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 rehearse you rehearse you rehearse and then you go out and you try to do it just like you did it oh i see what you mean by that now you got your power number you know Uh you can hit you're riding in pretty much a straight line you're not doing many turns right like a proper bicycle race like from the word go anything can happen it's all about like this organic playing off of each other Mm -hmm. you're countering a you know a move somebody just threw out an attack someone just threw out and it's completely different every time and it's that's exciting and you're just like ripping around turns right right you're doing huge efforts followed by like recoveries Mm -hmm. so you're doing this like every kind of dynamic is Mm -hmm. going on which i mean i'm it's a like triathlons i see as more kind of meditative you're just kind of like you get in this zone and you stay in your 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 you know your sweet spot right 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 like people tend it seems like you do better when you you do you you limit your your variables. You kind of try to keep it steady. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that is that's but, interesting. Yeah, I haven't done one, but maybe down the road, I think when if you know, down the road, yeah. Yeah. down the road for sure. You know, you're really getting into fixed gear, and it's cool that you like it as much as you do. You know what I mean? Like I. I mean, like I said, you you do say you've done such a good job. You killed it at yesterday's Red Bull race. How was that for you? We didn't even talk about it once. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's get into that. Yeah. yeah. How how was that for you? Oh, that was in, that was insanely fun. That I mean, the the venue was incredible. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, Red Bull just like did a through through some incredible resources at making sure it was an awesome awesome event for the spectators and the athletes. I mean, it was it was just really well well promoted and well right. put on so right. uh, i think they they killed it like the like the I, I feel like everybody there had a good time everybody there everybody there had a really good time what i really liked about it and is, the locals were stoked exactly i was just gonna say what it seemed like was um the people that went to the race most of the people that were there were not there for the race they were there for the alamo or mm-hmm. whatever was happening in the neighborhood because there was a mall right there there was a lot of shops and things and they just happened to see it and i mean people here are so nice and they're so involved already this is the first time i've ever stepped foot in texas so people have a different attitude here and they're just like oh what's going on oh this is amazing let's watch this you know what i mean yeah. and king of the hill man they're, they're, bra- they're on brakeless bikes well how do they stop why are they letting people cross in the road if there's somebody racing Good you know question. what i mean like i'm Good hearing question. all these questions on the sideline and i'm like well this is what's going on and i'm explaining and talking to everybody and it's a lot of fun you know i really enjoyed it i did so and for those of you that don't know colin took first place last <gasps> night in yeah. the men's fixed gear 
Right. Like so a savage. <laughs> like he <Yeah>. always does. <laughs> we're so excited. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just so exciting. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, like, tell us what that? you thought. It, it the field was really interesting. The so it was it was a lot more variable or varied uh, level of experience and uh, fitness than say a, a a red hook has become pretty pretty the top hundred the people who are traveling to them are mm-hmm. they're very we're all very familiar with each other and everybody's at a pretty high level of you know of you know of fitness experience, just fitness yeah. and yeah so the field's pretty you know it finishes with 60 70 people uh-huh. 50 to 70 people whereas this race you know it was a lot a lot of people you know hadn't done many races but then you also had guys like travis mccabe who mm is an absolute hitter on in the road scene he's like one of the he's one of the best road racers in america hands down and daniel holloway of course who's Mm -hmm. been doing red hooks too yeah Uh, but he's also one of the hands down best road racers in america so uh, and then there's a there's a few other of the americans uh from the red red hook scene who are you know super strong but Uh it was and then from there it kind of became a little more you know uh, a, a lot less experienced riders so it was it kind of uh as pre- i predicted it would we'd be lapping people five to eight laps in and that was about what started happening i was thinking uh, could that i didn't you know i was thinking about the process of you know the just how they were going to do the race and i was thinking what are they going to do if somebody starts lapping somebody you know and i mean people were like oh well maybe maybe not you know maybe they'll slow them down i'm like no they can't they're not going to do that you know, so what did you think? How did you feel when you started lapping people or you felt like it was coming? Well, it's it's never really a, a pleasant scenario. When it was you, it was Red Bull's first event. Let's just say that. Yeah. First. They still have a lot to totally, figure out. Totally. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's up to them. It's how they want to run the race. And as mm-hmm. long as it's the, the, the only problem with it is typically someone getting lapped is shows kind of a, an inexperience, which that's where kind of the danger comes in is when somebody's getting lapped they don't they don't they don't ride in a predictable fashion because okay. if you're going flat fuck into a technical section of the course and you're overtaking somebody you just have to the number one thing that you hope for is that they they do something predictable mm-hmm. right like if mm-hmm. they're on the right side of the road you fucking hope they stay on the right side of the right, road right right and and i mean ideally they see you coming mm-hmm. so their heads on a swivel right cuz right. that comes from experience too but if you're not experienced, you're not looking behind you. You just don't know. You, it's your first rodeo. So anyway, right. ideally, the guys are going to look at it, see that we're coming flats, like coming in hot. Look at the, the race course, figure out where the, the like where the race line is and mm-hmm. get away from the race line. Right. So if we're trying to take the fastest line, they should know. Ideally, they know what the fastest line is and they move away from the fastest line. Right. right in a predictable right. manner. So that's, I mean, that's just, that's why it is a little, uh, it's nerve wracking to be lapping so many riders throughout the race. Cause it just adds more variables and in racing is all about limiting your variables mm-hmm. for mis for, you know, mishap and crashing essentially. So mm-hmm. it's, it would just be a shame to, to go out that way, you know, but, uh, that's the format and it's just, you know, it was, it, it all went, it all, you know, went off without a hitch. It was, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So um yeah and it was an exciting format um 
so yeah man i had a great time yeah it it was really fun to get to you know it was it was really because of the the nature of the the disparity in the field level the disparity in the level experience in the field it kind of became uh like mano a mano pretty quick yeah yeah, (laughs) it was just you know it was it was there were kind of five of us uh you know uh kind of just duking it out Mm -hmm. you know without Mm -hmm. without much filler and red hook there's Mm -hmm. often there's a lot of guys in the in the top in the front of the race so you're kind of like it's there's a lot more dynamics happening this was right. more just like trying to figure out all right how am i going to beat these two guys who i just watch dominate road criteriums like right, absolutely right, they're, right, and they're right. both sprinters so right that format kind of favors sprinters too because they don't have to be leading they just have to be like locked on to you mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. whereas like i have to Keep get bleeding. away from yeah. these guys if i'm gonna um if i'm gonna beat them because they got way more pop than i do so right uh yeah it was it was fun just that psychological game um, yeah that's cool i i i see this sport do you see this i like asking people this i don't ask everybody but i think you might have a good idea do you see this being good television fixed gear criteriums yeah actually i see it as being great television because it's it's i mean it's entertaining right yeah there's yeah. that there's all there's the potential for you know there's on like it sounds a little like you know sadistic but there's this there's a potential for crash at like every it's turn carnage so and it's well carnage. <laughs> but you know but usually there's there's not it's just like it's just about kind of like risking it and watching people kind of like lay it on the line that's kind of what good television is right mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's like you want to watch people go through some kind of, if not transformation, some kind of challenge and, uh, and watch them either solve it or mm-hmm. just like eat shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. You know, everybody likes a good story and they want to see a loser and people want to see a loser. They want to see a winner and they want to see a loser. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some differentiation. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah. so, <laughs> I but don't know. It's so hard. But I mean, the velocity, the just like the the dynamics and the velocity of it, and like we're we're getting to these, we're getting to the point where like I think the Milan, Dave, I heard Dave Trimble say the Milan, Red Hook, uh, race uh, last like two, three weeks ago was thirty point five mile an hour average. Which That's crazy. The year before, when I rode away alone with twelve to go, I think I averaged like twenty eight point five. So wow. that's like two miles an hour faster. Right. 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 And Which that, I mean, like, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a shitload. And the yeah. fact, like when you start getting up into those speeds, just like ticking it up by one mile an hour and uh-huh. that's average speed. So we're going a lot faster than that. Right, right, right. You know, uh, a lot of the time and it, that starts getting, that's pretty crazy. That's like, that's like a professional road criterium mm-hmm. on geared bikes are rarely over 31 ever. That's crazy in in the U.S. at least. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I mean, just the idea that these guys are fat. They're going that fast. It's getting faster. It's they're breakless. Yeah, you know. And I, I should say, red hooks are. I think they're typically about forty five, forty to forty five minutes long. And often, you know, a U.S. Pro criterium geared criterium is a uh, is you know seventy five minutes to ninety minutes, which oh, is a little wow, longer. Okay. But you know, you you throw in all the you know the the lack of road criteriums typically have a pretty you know large peloton so there's right. a, there's a significant draft and the turns are less tech anyway it's just mm-hmm. an interesting side note yeah no comparison. i get it. 
I get it. I'm excited to see where the sport's going to go. You know what I mean? Like I said, you know, I'm a fanboy in it just as just being able to provide the media, shooting the photos, being down there with you guys and, you know, seeing you guys work hard and being able to do this. We feel so lucky and excited to be a part of something that's growing, you know, because when I first moved to Los Angeles, I'm originally from Northern California. And when I moved to LA, I honestly, I ditched my car. You know, I did a lot of driving in Northern California and I moved there and I said, I moved to LA and I said, I'm not going to drive anymore. I'm just going to ride a bike. I bought a little cheap fixed gear bike off of eBay, you know, like a Chinese frame or whatever for a couple hundred bucks. And I started riding with these, you know, with these night rides that were kind of party rides. And I noticed how much faster people were getting over the years and the transition that was made from these guys that were riding in the streets to, you know, winning championships and winning races and actually, you know, you know, I, I guess, again, seeing what's happened, the growth in LA, seeing how, how people are getting faster. These races are getting better, but these alley cats are going on and then people are doing drag races and there's just a whole lot of little street activity going on in the cycling community. But also at the same exact time, there's New York, you know what I mean? That's popping off. There's David Trimble doing his thing. And I never knew who David Trimble was. I never really understood what was going on until I really started looking into what's happening, you know what I mean? And and it's it's been amazing, you know what I mean? Just the things that we've seen, the growth that we've been involved in, the growth that we've seen, seeing you do what you've done is just been a wild trip. And, and I congratulate you really, because obviously for you to win as much as you have, you have to work hard, you know? And I, and I think like we were saying before, you know, you're so good at it. You make it look so easy. It's, it's easy for people to come up with strategy. Do you see what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, do you see how easy you made it look? We could do this or we could do that. But what I guess what they don't really understand is you work. You work hard. You know what I mean? You really do. You try to downplay what you do. You're like, oh, I just go on a ride with some guys. And, you know, maybe the last hour will be hard. You know what I mean? Or we'll just climb a little hill for Bleeding a couple of seconds. Through your eyeballs hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, you know what you have to do to be at the top. You know what you have to do to continue yourself or to stay up. You know what I mean? And so that's that's a great thing. It really is. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And also, um, to add to that, um, as the sport grows, it all it all uh, also makes it financially um, or fiscally, I guess, tangible to like live off of. You know, bike yeah. riding. Um, is this the only thing you do? Or do you also have like a regular? No, 95? I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a cycling salary per se. Uh huh. Um, I I'm an environmental consultant. I oh really? I work for an environmental consulting firm. I have for six years. That's how I have a house sweet <laughs> and i thought this was fixie money mm. this isn't fixie money <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> in la we have some a fixie, fixie money some fixie groceries we have some fixie <laughs> That's about it. No, in la there's fixie this, this beer. joke you know it's running joke everybody's looking for fixie money you know what i mean and so it's like wait you know colin strickland's getting that fixie money now you know oh. but realistically you're here to tell people like it's not the what is the life of a professional uh, you know when it, it comes to something like this professional is a very strong word okay <laughs> i mean you are a pro to me i'm a professional I mean? environmental consultant that's how i bought my house okay. <laughs> that's how i like, pay my mortgage okay uh, uh but you know i'm i am 
there's it's like part of it comes down to the 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 potential for marketing right and mm-hmm. it's that it's an effectively marketed genre of cycling and kind of discipline so that means there's there's people interested in getting their you know their their advertising out there through it and that's where typically you know that's where any any cycling support money comes from is from just you know advertisers and sponsorship so right it's definitely moving in that direction and i mean i don't see it as a as a negative thing because it's just like shit makes the races faster yeah. um, but i mean i'm gonna be trying to i'm gonna probably take a, a some kind of a sabbatical from from consulting work and just try i've never trained i've never trained full-time like a f- proper off season that is so terrifying so when, I'm, that's crazy when, uh, that I, can, I, can so hear the, I can hear them crying already right. i can hear people <laughs> like i just when you said that i just heard like people like people screaming yeah. you know what i mean because they're like what do you mean well, he doesn't train you know like yeah. oh, thanks thanks mom <laughs> a, lot, a lot of uh, a lot of endurance sports is just kind of the composition of like what kind of what you're like i don't know it's 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 kind of genetic like what you're my mom is just super she's north indian north mexican indian and she's oh, just really? super lean hairless like and i don't know that maybe those are endurance genes i don't know just a, a jaguar yeah well yes. she, yeah she's just like that's what she yeah, is she's like, i don't know i just for some reason i thought a jaguar like i just <laughs> see a jaguar like yeah. lurking in the yeah. night super fast you know i don't know she, she wasn't she didn't like neither of my parents were, were like really into sports they've always uh-huh. been really fit but man I, I do i do kind of feel like they they had something in their you know, half scotch irish and half mexican so nice. maybe it's a good maybe it's a good uh a good genetic blend for for endurance sports but Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna be trying seeing seeing a i I just want to enjoy i want to travel and i want to ride my bike and i want to get as fast as i can before you know while the window's there and right uh, and uh maybe you know sit behind a desk less Mm -hmm. yeah do you want to talk about your i didn't know you had another job i honest i mean yeah i mean it's been i've i went I've been full time salary until uh until about a year ago. Mm-hmm. I transitioned to hourly, so it, it my company is amazing. We just we do everything. I'm, I'm a permitted uh, uh, endangered karst biologist. So I endangered karst. It's like a so I I have a, a permit from U.S. Fish and Wildlife to do collections for endangered species for this for uh, this particular kind of uh, type of bugs essentially cave bugs these really? type of invertebrates that are endemic to uh, limestone cave formations in texas so there's so they're endangered species uh-huh. right they're listed on the u.s fish and wildlife endangered species list so d- whenever development is, is under you know is, is is being planned and implemented in the central texas area it's one of the th- the, the checklists they have to run through is making sure they're not going to impact or you know kill or destroy habitat for these subterranean cave bugs because they're endangered species so anyway. so if a contractor wants to come in and build something yeah, yeah exactly you're the guy they call and yeah, they just look at survey. you and say what's this hippie have to say and you're like no 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 yeah. you don't understand here that's sir. me i'm that i'm that hippie <laughs> i've seen it on I mean, tv you know so we're, we're a lot more like you know we're a lot more we're a lot more good old boy than that yeah you know? yeah no i understand you got to get the you got to convince them to call you right right just right right it. but uh that's that's what i've been doing for six years and uh, like i started at my career when I, the same year i started bicycle racing so cool. i've been i've been working through you know my whole like the first year i was you know doing the pro road circuit i was or the elite pro whatever you want to call it 
pro mm-hmm. um I was, you know, seven thirty to five, like forty to forty-five hours a week. And then, wow! So it's it's a struggle, but uh, yeah. So fuck it. I'm gonna see if I can't, you know, ride a bike more this year and find some people interested in supporting me for that. So of course, man. I mean, dude, like, who wouldn't want to support you? You know, like you, you want to support me, dude. If I had the money, <laughs> I'd give it all to you right now. Anyway, I'd give you. Listen, you want to be a part of the cycle fee team? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> based in. around you, you heard it first, everybody. Colin Strickland is racing the next Red Hook. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But. but yeah, so that's how I've kind of built up my. So I've, I've kind of set myself up with a little bit of stability. Uh huh. Thanks uh-huh. to my, you know, con- that's environmental great. consulting job, and I can f- I can afford to just kind of, you know, ride a bike in circles for a year or two and see how that see where that takes me, mm-hmm. and then come back to it, you know, after after the legs stop pedaling you know right 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 i think that's so encouraging because there's so many people especially in los angeles i mean the cost of living is so expensive and there's people that are working you know one job two jobs you know they have families they have kids wives husbands and um it's really encouraging to see how successful you are you know in bike racing and to know that you have a full-time job i think that's really encouraging well it's not full-time anymore it's not full-time i'm now hourly part-time well but I mean, you work but though, because usually, honestly, people just assume, you know, they go, yeah. this guy's getting, honestly, dude, like you, you're sitting, shaking <laughs> your head, but, oh, I can imagine. But people are like, dude, he probably has the sickest training camp. You know, he, he rides with some of the fastest people. The yeah. He has the mask on the O2 mask. You know, they have him out in, in Colorado training at the Olympic facility, you know, and then they, he goes to Red Hooks and Machine. just kills it. Yeah. You know, like people will make up the craziest stories on why somebody's winning. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, oh. Once again, it's thanks mom. Yeah. 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 And so it's good genetics, just honest, just pure heart. You know what I mean? Just, and a lot of hard work and a lot of hard yeah, work. There's definitely you know? hard work in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. And not- a diet is a huge part of it. I mean, it- I grew up with like hippie parents on an organic farm. So I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like the more, like I eat a lot of vegetables. <laughs> I eat, yeah. I'm an omnivore. I eat meat too, but I only eat really high quality meat. I put a lot of money into my food. Is meat expensive out here in Texas? Like but good meat get- is. I what? mean, good meat is always expensive because it's exp- an expensive process to like responsibly raise animals. Do you get grass-fed meat? What what kind of meat do you look for? Do uh, I mean I what's like what's a typical meal for you? It's or more than well, what do you what do you do? I have I have. Uh, I show you my look. <laughs> what do you got out there? Oh, he yeah, has chickens that. outside. Yeah, yeah I, I saw. Have, I saw. Uh, I have like twenty chickens. Really? Uh, so I eat a lot of what? eggs. Wow. And um, I have a garden. And but I mean honestly, uh, most of my food comes from just you know the health food store. Right, right, right. But that's cool though, man. I didn't even realize that you had chickens. That my parents live on sixty acres, uh-huh. and so like every time I go up north to visit my family, my mom has all her chickens. And she oh, comes nice. Back every morning with eggs in her hand. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I mean, like I love it. That's the that's part of it. That's a big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Just the rural living, you know, and good diet i mean not even rural living but good diet it always helps to be in a nice clean open area you know i appreciate just kind of being out in the open yeah you know you could yeah do a lot more the reason why i was asking about meat because it's texas you know what i mean yeah you think beef you think and i'm i love Dean, turn your meat, mic a little and bit. i buy meat i'm using this the wrong way there i buy yeah. meat at the store mm-hmm. you know so i'm thinking like oh well you know is grass-fed i guess a pound of some decent grass-fed meat 
at the Vons would probably be six dollars a pound Vons. or something like that, right? Vons. I just think of it as I I try to eat more like humans ate a hundred years ago, like a paleo diet. No, it was no. just no, just just more less meat i mean okay. less meat more vegetables that's what humans used to eat throughout mm-hmm. time less breads and meat and more vegetables honestly because mm-hmm. that's what every every human could like could could grow you know mm-hmm. most most had a ability to just grow that nuts and it was free so and no processed large, food no it's it's not so much no processed food but it's just you know you know what i mean you are you just when you're building a when you're trying to build your when you're trying to be an athlete a lot of it's about you know you're what you're made of right Mm -hmm. because it's literally on a cellular level so i just try to be conscious of that and it's worked out for me so that's good um we had whataburger yesterday for the first time (laughs) it was garbage bro it's i'm lucky that i i I grew up with parents who like really strict well just like health food uh-huh. parents so i don't really have a taste for junk food i was right you, you kind of develop tastes based on what you get used to so right. I, I don't like i don't like greasy fried food much like uh-huh. i'll you know i'll have some french fries every now and then a burger but that's about like it i just don't enjoy it right right Still right not, i just didn't get used to it from a young age so. people were telling us water burger was amazing they even said it was more it was it was better than in and out we heard a bunch of people out here it's say that whatever they're used to everybody's you <laughs> that's up, true I, I, I probably i couldn't i've never had i wouldn't eat i wouldn't eat that uh-huh uh-huh i have no reason to eat that I'll yeah make, I, lo- I love making my own burgers you know in that's my backyard good. but nothing against burgers just like no, it's not, no I don't like, need that. <laughs> he has he has like a disgusting look on his face. So he's like, "What a what? <laughs> like what a freaking no!" <laughs> like that, that never. Sh- that doesn't make me fast. <laughs> no, not at all. It's um, it was just you know, it's just been so exciting being here in Texas and seeing the different things and being a part of uh, you know, the the Red Bull race and hopefully they do some more in the future. They figure out some some good formats and uh maybe even other formats i don't know you know but um do you yeah. have any other words of advice for any newbies that might be a little terrified of breakless crit writing any any well, last thoughts yeah take your uh, take your fixed gear out and i mean ride uh, ride on the ride on the road with it i mean put a put a front brake on but that's and, oh and I, I forgot to mention like i was talking about like this ride the 100k ride i've been doing it all year on my fixed gear where everybody else is on geared wow. road bikes yeah but okay. I, I do a 60 mile ride kind of flat out i try to just ride the front the whole time what's your ratio what ratio do you use? same old same old 48 14 48 14 what i've found kind of just is the all-round fit for me do you race your red hooks in 48 14 yes wow Okay. I think a lot of people are probably looking to hear what what you ride, you know. Sure. Yeah. Forty eight fourteen. Okay. That's cool. That's what I raced last night. I don't have to (laughs) fuck with changing cogs and shit. Right. 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 (laughs) Yes. That's it. That's that's how he likes it. That's cool, man. You you've done such a good job this year, and I hope you have a good resting. You know, in the off season. Do you plan on doing anything in the off season or just resting? Oh man, I want to. I want to try. Uh, I need to get my hands on a mountain bike, and I would like to try endurance. Uh, oh, nice mountain biking. Okay, because I don't. I mean, I love. I love cyclocross racing too. Mm-hmm. I've been. I do that. I've been doing that for a few years. That also helps with. Uh, yeah, and God, words of advice to people. Once again, it's like do every 
just go race like go race cyclocross go race a road criterium it all transfers wow i think that's great advice and the more you the more you learn to turn the more you'll you'll be able to like transfer from one discipline to another Mm -hmm. and of course the motor transfers yeah pedaling a bike is pedaling a bike but really like really red hook like we were we were discussing a biggest one of the biggest aspects of it is handling so Mm -hmm. fixed gear criteriums you really need to be able to control your bike at high speed or at whatever speed is appropriate so yeah get out and get out and race cross race mountain bikes if you can i mean whatever you can race Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what and, and it's all a lot of it's also about just like getting used to that just you know that being being calm in the storm you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. like that like in a race like last night it's just everything's crazy hectic whirling around you and you just have to be kind of in this calm peaceful focused right state while just there's just mayhem noise <laughs> all around yeah <laughs> around noise you. and yeah. crashes and mm-hmm. lights and darkness and you know I can only imagine how that feels in your position, you know, like as soon as the race starts, you know, there's a lot of screaming, there's corners, there's lights <laughs> flashing. Exactly. Just like that, you know, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot and of bells it, coming and going really quickly. And get quiet and dark. dark and then and it comes back again yeah, really fast, you know, and then flashes and it's, I mean. It's a rush, man. That's mm-hmm. It's a crazy rush, so yeah. I'm really thankful to be to be participating in in this this hobby. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we don't want to take any more of your time, and we know you want to keep cranking on your motorcycle outside. Yeah, and, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. To yeah, and inviting us, us to really your sweet path. You know, it's super nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're excited for your. I'm I'm a fan. You know, you gained even a strong one. I was a fan when I saw you in Brooklyn, but I'm even more of a fan now. And I'm I'm gonna be watching your career plus uh, thousands and millions and of, of other fans that are you know gonna be watching this sport grow. You know what I mean? Because I think people like you. I mean, everybody helps. Everybody has their own little piece of the puzzle. But when you do crazy oh, yeah, shit that sure. you do, you know what I mean? When you like lead out and you hold it, you know, when you make people plan, you know, how does that feel real quick being at the top? And do you feel like people are like gunning for you at all? Do you, do you, does that get to you or is it just something like, I'm just gonna, I'm just writing, you know what I mean? Do you, does the chatter, I mean, do you, I mean, if you even hear chat in the streets, but like, do you, do you feel like people are after you? Uh, as long as it's on a bicycle, I'm not, I'm not really worried. About it. As long as it's on a bike. Okay. So you don't want anybody running up on you going, yo dog, you beat me in a race. You know what I mean? And so we can work it out. He can work it out. He's too nice. Um, but yeah, man, we're going to be watching your career, man. You, I'm, I'm really excited for you and I think you're going to do great, you know? And so oh, rock man. on. Yeah. I definitely had kind of a perfect storm dreamy season in terms of injury and crashes and sickness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know uh, aside from the road right <laughs> right, right, two, right two concussions in the road yeah that's uh, a big deal criteriums it was pretty dreamy and like everything just came together and i had mm-hmm. an amazing program at specialized and i had an incredible teammate in aldo elasic uh who just fucking we were just a, a great a great match in terms of our have you guys ever teamed up before no nope. no nope. i had never met him before brooklyn we, oh, we met really? in brooklyn we did i mean Shot. oh my god we uh yeah we we you know he's just so experienced and i've got enough experience that it's that's how it works when you get to a certain level you don't even have to really 
you, you always have to be on the same page with your teammate to work cohesively, but or teammates mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> in some mm-hmm. situations. But I mean, you have to be able to both look at a scenario and arrive at the same conclusion without talking about it. Right. And that's what I had with Aldo's. Like we would, we were just like totally on the same page the, right. whole, t- the whole time, which is what it takes to like be like to dominate. You have to like, you have to both have to see things exactly the same and arrive at the same conclusion instantaneously. Which, right. You know, you're like a, yeah, a unit. It was pretty badass. Right. Right. No. And it really was badass. There's, there's a lot going on and uh, you guys have done so well. But anyways, um, thank you very much, man. We appreciate it. Um, we appreciate all our listeners here at the cycle cast, um, here on the cycle cast. We, um, appreciate all the support that you guys give emails, the likes, um, follow us on cycle at cycle feed on Instagram and look for us on Facebook. And also if you could, we are on iTunes. Um, if you could rate us, you know, we'd like to get noticed by Apple so they could tell the rest of the world that there's a cycling podcast out there, you know? And so it would be cool if you just stars, whatever comments you want to leave, just, uh, just to let other people know, I guess. Yeah. Thank you everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Cool. Go ahead. Thank you.